for the show that takes dog training beyond your backyard. It's Bark Talk with Bonnie. Brought to you by Advanced Canine Techniques, your dog training specialists. Hi there. We're so excited to have you join us today. Um, with me, I have Tracy Nelson with Tracy's Mobile Dog Grooming. Um, and I found this to be really helpful. Hopefully, this will be some good advice for you all. Um, a lot of people ask how often you should bathe your dog, what kind of products you should use, what kind of brushes you should use. So I brought an expert here with me so she can answer all of those questions for you here today. So I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then we'll um, go ahead and hopefully give you guys some good pointers and tips to take home with you. Hey, guys. This is Tracy Nelson with Tracy's Mobile Dog Grooming. And Tracy, tell us how you got started doing dog grooming and a little bit about your history. Well, I actually started grooming about going over 32 years ago. Uh, didn't like how someone groomed a poodle we had and uh, said, well, I'm just going to try to do this myself and enjoyed it and started building there. And I just basically trained myself. That's excellent. And now tell us a little bit about your other, I know you had a career doing in law enforcement as well. Yes, I was in law enforcement uh, 18 years, canine most of those years. Uh, I was on my second canine partner when I had an injury and retired early and wanted to go back to my dog groom full time. Okay, well, that's fantastic. And I will say she's groomed all all four of my dogs at one point. I have three now, but she did a fabulous job. Um, and that's one thing I really like about her services is that she will come to you, and that's really helpful. So we're going to talk about the benefits of just having a mobile groomer come to you as opposed to, you know, maybe going into a store or a shop and having your dog do it. Okay, a lot of the benefits are either an older person or someone with multiple dogs. It's hard to load up three, four dogs, get them to a groomer. Uh, an older person has a hard time getting a dog in the car. you got to drive across town, drop them off, go back and pick them up, you know, three, four hours later where I'll sit right there in your driveway and take care of whatever you need done and bring them right back to the front door for you. Yep, and I find that to be really helpful. When she came out to our house, I had an older lab. She was probably about 15, and it was just nice. She didn't travel well, she, and it was easier just to have her go out, have the groom done, then she was able to come right back in the house. It's less stressful um, on the dogs, and they, they just tend to, and you can do them from start to finish. So if you have an anxious dog, you're not necessarily having to you know, have it you know, created, put in a grooming rotation and waiting to pick it up hours later, you can have it done start to finish, which is really, I think, helpful for some dogs. What advice would you give to people that might have like an anxious or a nervous dog if they need to get it groomed? Well, a lot of that is going back to the same thing. Uh, some dogs get nervous with the ride. Uh, if they're around a lot of other dogs that are barking, makes them nervous where they don't have that. Or some of them just don't like cages. So with the van, that's one dog out there by themselves, never caged, and they can look out the window and see that they're home. So a lot of them <laughs> like that. It makes them, they're less anxious. Yep. And just taking the time with them, yep. letting them know that I'm not there to hurt them, I'm there to help them. Yep. And now speaking of that, like talk a little bit about, because I know some people have had either, um, I know I've referred a number of clients to you that maybe took their either dog or um, puppy to a groomer and either, you know, was told that the dog, you know, need, you know wasn't, groomable or that they had a difficult time with the dog so um you know what advice would you give if they're told that by by a groomer uh i've actually had several that uh have been sent home after five hours or five minutes and the people said you know they just said they wouldn't stand still or fighting and biting and i just i don't know i just have a way with them or whatever and take my time with them and they seem to take to me and i've groomed some several dogs that no one else have ever touched you know shaved their heads or that have never been trimmed before and 
I think it's just a matter of taking the time and let you know not getting upset, letting them know that it's not going to hurt them. Yep. And I think that's key too. I think whether you, I mean, any professional that's I think going to be working with your dogs, you know, they need to be able to have that chemistry with the dog too. want to have patience and let the dog kind of get acclimated, get comfortable, but then also to draw a line to let them know like, okay, the little shenanigans of, you know, pulling your paw back or screeching. Okay. You know, throw your temper tantrum away, but you're, we still got to get a job. We still have to get a job done. So finding a groomer that has a good balance of being patient, but then also knowing that at some point, you know, you, you have to get the work done too. And, um, and just kind of working with that and, and helping the dog learn not to be so fearful. Um, I often get asked, how often should I bathe my dog? What answer, and it may depend on breed, it may depend on coat style, but, you know, averagely, like, for different dogs or different coat styles, what would you recommend for clients? Uh, that's like you said, it's hard to say because it's is it an outside dog, is it muddy yard? Uh, they're inside. You don't want to smell like an outside dog if they they've been out. Uh, you don't want to wash them too much, and depend on what kind of shampoo you use. Also, uh, three to four weeks. I groom, I used to groom my working dog every week because of course they were in the vehicle with me all night. So. It just depends on how much they're outside. Some dogs want to go out, take care of the business, and come right back in. So they're not going to get as smelly. So Yeah. And I would say, I mean, just for my personal dogs, I probably groom them about every five to six weeks is pretty common. You know, they, they tend to stay pretty clean. They're indoor dogs. They do get to run outside. So sometimes we do have to, you know, either put them in the bathtub or hose them off if they're really muddy. Um, but typically five... Um, Five to six weeks is pretty average. And then usually then, you know, when they get groomed, they'll get their toenails done at the same time. And I'm a big fan of the nail um, cutting and filing. I like to have that done. So, Trace, I'm going to have you tell people what the difference is between a nail, um, between nail cutting and nail filing. Well, I do. Uh, also, I cut and dremel the nails, which when you cut the nails, one, you don't want to get real quick, close to the quick because it puts pressure on it. Uh, also... When you cut them with the nail clippers, it leaves that sharp edge where if you dremel them, you can get closer to the quick and make it a lot smoother, a lot prettier looking nail. Yep. And I, and it, it sometimes depends on your dogs too. Like I actually had somebody give me a really good tip that sometimes helps. Um, and we'll talk about ways to kind of get your dogs acclimated to that too. Cause I, I will tell you, um, my German shepherd, she's, you know, she's fine to bathe, but she's not a fan of having her nails done. Like it's, she's, she's going on 10 now and. Um, she's a real drama queen. Like I pull the clippers out and she just turns into a raging nut. Um, but I've been working with her for a long time now and she's finally able, she'll let me dremel her nails. She's not a big fan of cutting, but if I do it regularly, I can keep them filed down and that tends to work really well for her. And she's gotten comfortable with that. So lesson learned when I got rusty, my puppy, I was like, okay, we're starting young. We're going to get him. We're messing with his feet. We're going to be cutting his nails. We're going to be dremeling, um, dremeling him. And, you know, now when I go to, I can cut his nails without any issue. I can dremel as well. But <laughs> when I dremel his nails, now he tries to lick the dremel. So, which we don't, we can't have him doing that either. But at least he's not afraid of it or fearful of it. He's just, you know, as long as I got some cookies that he can eat or snack on, he's, he's perfectly content to let me do whatever I want to his nails too. So, so if you have a puppy, let's talk about some ways that you can help um, get your puppy acclimated to um to grooming and, and things like that well with uh i always tell my clients when they get a new puppy always you want to mess with their ears mess with their feet you know, rub on them and pull on their tails you know uh just get them used to that being 
you know, being touched in all these areas, a lot of dogs don't like being touched. You know, it, it'll make it better for them in the long run for going to the vet appointments, their grooming appointments. Uh, don't have to worry about a child pulling on their tail or pulling on an ear that they don't like. They're used to that. So it just makes things a lot less stressful for them, you know, with the groomer and at the vet. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, and I can't stress that enough. Like even in puppy classes too, we're messing with their feet. We're, you know, taking like doggy clippers or toenails and just tapping their nails and just kind of getting them used to that and giving them treats and just kind of getting them comfortable with just, um, somebody had said, even taking like a little toothpick and putting it next to their paw and just clipping the toothpick. So they're used to that sound. Um, cause sometimes when you do cut their nail and they hear that sound, they kind of like freak out a little bit too. So the more we can help desensitize them to those different experiences that, that definitely helps. Um, now is there certain products that you would recommend if people are going to bathe their dog at home, which, you know, good luck to you. Cause trying to put a big dog in a bathtub after I hurt my back a couple times, I was like, I, I will pay a groomer good money to bathe my dog. Cause I'm, my, my back is worth it to me, <laughs> but what products do you, w- would you recommend or are there things that you wouldn't recommend people use? Well, you definitely don't want to use like a flea shampoo and do that every week. Uh, a good quality oatmeal shampoo, something that says that isn't going to dry the skin out. Uh, puppies, of course, you want to bathe less because they have a protective oil on their fur, you know, that protects them from the elements. And uh, just uh, depending on how often you want to groom them, uh, I wouldn't recommend, you know, you want to make sure to rinse good, but just a good quality brand of shampoo. You don't want to get some cheap stuff, you know, and that dries their skin out and gives some skin irritations and such as that. Now, do you recommend using conditioner at all? I don't use a conditioner. I I guess you could. Uh, I've got the shampoo I, I use is real, it's conditioning and all soothing to all in one. So I don't, it's like that step. Yep. And that definitely helps too. And there's, there's a number of products out there, but I think Tracy's definitely right in terms of, I know a lot of people, you know, if you see a flea on your dog, I mean, yeah, you may use flea and tick shampoo if it's really covered in fleas, you know, and then definitely put some kind of a... Um, but then, or I should say, you want to wait at least two days before or two days after if you apply like a topical medication, whether it's heartworm or flea treatment. But don't bathe right away because it travels through the um, through the dog's body through the oils on their skin, and after they're bathed, there's no oil, so you need to give it time to work. So I would say plan for two days before or two days after before you um, before you apply that topical you know flea treatment if you if you use that just to be on the safe side. Um, what about grooming tools? Like say I have a doodle, you know, is there a certain brush or, um, comb that you would recommend that I, um, that I use on my dog? Uh, one of my favorite brushes I use probably 98% of the time or probably hundred percent of the time is just a a really good quality slicker brush. Uh, what that does, you know, a lot of people want to get the straight bristle brushes brushes and they don't really do anything for that undercoat because that's where a dog especially doodles mm-hmm. with that curly hair are going to start matting they mat from underneath they don't even see it from the outside and then once it's already matted to the outside you to the point where it's going to be cut out mm-hmm. so if you use a slicker brush which is going to get that undercoat that's going to pre- prevent that from happening before you know before it's too late yep and now what about furminators i hear everybody everybody has a furminator i don't know if people know how to use them correctly or like what are some good breeds of dogs that would be useful for a furminator well i actually have a furminator and uh, of course i have my second retired dog police dog and she's a belgian malinois and of course now that it's warmed up finally 
uh, I've been using that on her, and you should see the hair. You just do little short strokes. You don't use it like a comb or a brush. You do little short strokes, okay. and it'll really pull that undercoat out yep. and help speed up the shedding where they're not shedding in the house. I just take her outside, and then she gets her bath and blow her out, and she's good to go. So the slick, so the Furminator would be good for like a Husky or a Golden or a Lab or any dog that has some of that like, you know, straight kind of fur too. Right, right. So and slickers are good for those. And it's good too if you do have a dog that does need haircuts. I mean, those are dogs that you do have to maintain that haircut regularly um, and have that done on a, on a regular schedule. A lot of people will set up recurring appointments, which are, which are really helpful um, just so that way you're not waiting too long. If you do wait too long, I know a lot of people blame the groomers when they bring their dog in um, and the, the groomers can't, you know, there's no option to demat. Um, let's talk about matting a little bit, like kind of what happens and, you know, how the dog feels when, you know, when you're, when you're receiving a dog in that condition. I've had, had several people, you know, they said, well, I want my dog sheared. But what they got to remember is they say, I want like leave an inch long. Well, you can't go if, the mats are up against the skin and out more than that inch. <clears throat> you can't go, you can't cut right in the middle of that mat. You have to cut underneath the mat. So depending on how close the mat is to the skin, which is that's where it's going to start matting, you've got to go underneath it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and I said, I can't leave this dog, you know, a half inch long or it, you've got to go underneath the mat. So like you're saying, you've got to, if you don't want them shaved, you've got to maintain that until their next appointment. Yeah, and if you are using a slicker brush too, I think a lot of people brush the top of the dog or run the brush over the coat, but they don't really put the brush down enough to get that undercoat and like actually pull up to be able to brush that out. That's where I mean, you can you can brush your dog every day, but if you're not brushing, you know, if you're not doing a good 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 quality brushing, like you can brush your hair, but if you don't actually brush all the way through it, you know, you're going to end up with tangles and stuff on, in the bottom of the fur. Bottom of fur, yeah. Everybody has fur. Bottom of the <laughs> bottom of your hair too. That'll also happen. What I tell a lot of people with that is start at the like the base of the tail, and kind of hold the hair up. And as you're brushing, let the slicker brush pull the hair, and you can see the skin mm-hmm. and work up. You know, and not just go like you're brushing your own hair, just a straight stroke because that's not getting that undercoat. Yep. So short, short little, short yep. little, yeah. Yep. And it pulls that hair down from the where your hand is yeah, and, and you definitely get into the skin. Yeah. And we might do a, I mean, sometimes it's helpful for, for people to actually visualize that too. So we may try to do that at some point, just like do a quick little, okay, let's take a dog in here. We're going to actually show you how to do it. So that way you're able to maintain that at home too. Cause I know even between groomings, you have to maintain that. Otherwise you're going to be visiting the groomer a whole lot, a whole lot more often too. Um, do you have any, um, interesting or funny stories about grooming, like dogs that either just did some funny things or, you know, dogs that were, you know, what's the craziest thing that you've seen as a groomer in the number of years that you've done it? Uh, I probably got several stories, but the first one I think of, I just groomed a uh, golden uh, Tuesday and I go, he's up in Winchester. I go up there every about four weeks, five weeks. And he just loves it when I get there. He knows he's going to feel good. And he runs out to the van, off lead, jumps in, and I'm lowering the table because he's a pretty big boy. I'm lowering the table so he can get up there and I can raise it up. And he walks over to the to the uh, tub, and it's all the way up in there. And he's got his front feet up there, and I'm, wait till I lower it down. You know, and I'm lowering it, and he's riding it down. So <laughs> he's like, hurry up. Yeah. So 
I guess, you know, that's kind of cute the way he did that this week. But uh, I know I've got other stories. I'd have to think about that, though. Um, but, yeah, and that's really helpful, too. And and definitely, um, and a lot of groomers will, will work with trainers, too. Like if they have a dog that is either fearful or skittish or nervous, you know, I mean, they can definitely, um, one thing I would say would be adhere to your groomer's advice. If they tell you, okay, you know, I was able to groom your dog this time, but these are things I want you to work on when I come back. Um, follow that advice because they are the professionals and, and they want the dog to be as relaxed as possible during the groom. So if you do nothing and they come back six to eight weeks later and the same experience happens, that's never going to be fun for your dog. Like we want to, you know, make sure that that experience is positive. We want every dog to be like a golden where they're jumping in the van, getting bathed, having a good experience. I mean, Tracy's excellent at what she does, but if she gives you some good feedback, you know, buy a slicker brush. Often she can show you what it looks like or where to get it. So that way um, you're able to kind of be more helpful, you know, with your dogs too and, and create that bonding experience between you and your dog too. Um, what other advice would you give to um, to dog owners um, just just in terms of grooming in general or... Um, or just anything that would help you as a mobile groomer coming to their home? Well, I think anytime, anything you're doing with your dog is building that bond, whether it's brushing, walking them on lead. You know, people, so many people say, when I had my yard in Tennessee, I had a pretty good-sized yard. They said, why are you walking your dogs up the road when you've got this three-acre yard? Because that's still bonding. Mm-hmm. So anything you can do, it builds that bond with your dog. And I, I like to have a good bond with the dogs I'm grooming because right. I want them to be happy when they see me there and run out to the van. I don't want them being stressed out. So I, there's some dog, you know, if they're real nervous, I've sat on the step of the van and sit there and let them sniff around and get a little used to them. I don't just snatch them up and start throwing them in there and start grooming. You know, right. I, I, I'll give them that time. Mm-hmm. But the people, you know, just having a good relationship with your dog, spending that time messing with their feet and ears and, it's all bonding. Yep, yep. And and we can't stress that enough either. Even as a trainer too, I would say, you know, you know, just like Tracy said, you know, as a puppy, mess with their feet, touch their paws, you know, touch them all over and even like um pet them under the armpits, rub them under the belly. Like a lot of times we tend to pet their head, we pet their shoulders, we pet their butt, but we never do anything underneath. And that's where some of those mats build up or underneath their tail or underneath their little butt area. That's sometimes where it does get a little matted or a little dirty and stuff too. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're, um, that you're loving your dog all over and not just in certain spots as well. Um, and I know a lot of people that have commented. Um, she has a great Facebook page, so if you haven't liked that, I'm going to have her kind of give you some information about how to get in touch with her too. But um, but a lot of people comment on, I don't know what products you use, but they obviously smell really good because everybody says my dog smells amazing. I can't stop hugging him once they come back in the house. Um, but just that, uh, you know, they've just really um, just appreciated the the quality of the groom and that you – groom to breed specifications too. If they have a schnauzer or a cocker or whatever your breed is, she will cut it the way you, I mean, maybe you don't want a cocker cut, maybe you want a puppy cut. Um, so just, you know, I, I think a lot of times people often either didn't like what the groomer did, but then never tell the groomer to change it the next time that they come. So, um, any advice in terms of that? Like, do you ask kind of what people want and then feel the dog coat and kind of say, here's what I would recommend given your dog's coat or, um, or condition? Oh, that's exactly what I do. The first time I've groomed any dog, I'll sit down and say, exactly what do you want? Well, you do whatever you want. 
no, this is your dog. I'm not going to see him for the next month. You're going to see him. So, you know, I ask them, what length do you want? And what do you, you want in the schnauzer cut? You want the cocker cut? Or you just want them short all over a puppy cut? How, you know, and I, I try to get as close to what they want that I can. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then when I do groom that first grooming, and I, and I take them back in, I say, if there's something you don't like, let me know, because I'll definitely change it next time. You know, it's going to grow out. It's not permanent. So I just... Try to get them to kind of have an idea what they're wanting when I get there. Because mm-hmm. some of them just say, well, you do what you think, and I'll tell you. So I'm good with that, too, because mm-hmm. I've got different little cuts I do on different breeds. So I just like to try to get it as close as what they're they're wanting done. Yep, nope. And I think that's, you know, that feedback is important for anybody that you work with. Like if you, if you know, if they bring the dog in and there's something that you didn't like, but then you don't tell them. They don't know that. And then you tell everybody that you didn't like the cut, but it's, you know, my first response is, well, did you let them know what you wanted done differently? Or did you let them know? Well, I didn't say anything. And I'm like, <laughs> how are they're going to do the same thing the next time unless you share, you know, what you, what you like or don't like with it. So, so make sure to let, let them know too. Cause I think that that is really helpful. Um, Tracy, let people know how they can get in touch with you. Um, and just, um, yeah, just how they can find you. Uh, most people just find me on my Facebook page. It's under Tracy's mobile dog grooming. And it's got a picture of the van and all, so you can find me on there. And they just message me through there, and I'll either give them my phone number or get theirs and go from there. Okay, and definitely give her um, give her a call. I know she's booked up right now, I think, through almost the end of July, so get on her schedule so she can come out and um, and take a look at your pet and see what she can offer to you. Um, but hopefully we gave you some helpful tips today of what to try, what to use, what brushes to have, um, and enjoy um, enjoy your pets, and we look forward to our next podcast with you next week. So have a, have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Bark Talk. For more information, go to our website, advancedcaninetechniques.com, or find us on Facebook.